Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Agua. Your goal, your plan, your resolution, call it what you will, is only as good as your reason for wanting to accomplish it. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited that you're here with us. I'm Rick Sanchez, and this is the Rick Sanchez Podcast. My God, tens of thousands of you are now checking in on us on a regular basis. All we're doing is trying to give you a little bit of help with your life, maybe, you know, something to help you aspirationally or inspirationally or to help you grow or to develop the skills that you might need. Learning from somebody like me who's failed so many times in his life that he's become expert at doing the things that you have to learn from after you fail. So if anything else, if if nothing else, the motto here is if you haven't failed, get somebody to knock your ass down so you can try and get up again, because it's in that getting up that we all get really good. So here we go. We have to talk about this word, which I am not a fan of, by the way. And the word is resolution resolution. Everybody's into this New Year's resolution thing. And you know, I think it's a little hyped. I think we can use better words. And I think just the fact that we use the word resolution creates undue pressure on us to then try and fulfill that resolution. But really, what the hell is a resolution? It's just a goal. It's a goal. And you shouldn't like all of a sudden set a goal on January 1st. You should be thinking about goals for yourself all year long. And and when you think of that goal, and yeah, if you want to call it a resolution because it makes for a better conversation during the next you know, couple of days, the next couple of weeks as we go through this, it's okay. But just remember, it's just a plan. It's just a goal. And goals and plans are not just because they're very important. And they differentiate us. Successful people plan. Successful people have goals. They don't wait for that one day a year so they can have a freaking resolution. So if I'm a little down on the word resolution, it's okay. And by the way, just some key things as we start here, right? Make sure that you give yourself your best shot at success when you make a plan or a goal or a resolution by making sure that it's doable and meaningful. Don't come up with something absolutely ridiculous you know you're not going to do. So that's just for starters. I mean, that's just over the top, right? We can agree on that. You're driving your car. You're probably on the way to work. You're listening to me and you're thinking, okay, you know, I do want to think through this year because January 1st is a good time to center yourself. It's a perfectly good time to decide where you are, look at the canvas of your life, and see if you need to add something. You know, you stand away from a picture and you look at it and you go, wow, there's too much green over here and maybe not enough green over here. I need to put a little green over there. That's your life, man. That's your life. You put a little green over here, maybe a little more darker color over there because it's a canvas and you're you're creating that canvas for your life. And January 1st is a good time to do that because it's it's a time when we kind of reflect on the past and plan for the future. Key word, plan right? 
And we can talk a lot about why they fail, because they do. <laughs> the great majority of resolutions never get never get us anywhere, you know? And maybe I'll just hit you with three things, and then I'm going to introduce somebody so special and so perfect for this conversation. You are going to fall in love with her. But before I do that, let me just give you a little bit of guidance on the things that I think are important that maybe we can kind of focus the conversation on. Why they fail? Why does a, revolu why, why does a resolution fail? Because too often it's not based on what you want. It's based on what somebody else wants for you, right? Or some... You know, they say society, whatever the hell that means. Society wants you to be different. Society wants you to change. And when you base your resolution, or for that matter, your anything, on someone else's wants, it's destined to fail. The other thing we do with resolutions is we make them way too vague. You know, the, the key to success is specificity. The more specific that you can be, the more successful you will be with that thing that you're hoping to manifest, right? That thing you're hoping to become, that change you're trying to bring in your life should be very defined. What's the word I always use? Always be concrete, don't be abstract. Abstract means nothing. Concrete means everything. So even in the words you choose, make sure they're concrete, right? It's not a thing that creates sound. It's a microphone that you see in front of me right now. Microphone, that's a concrete term. And your plans, your goals, your resolutions need to be that way as well. And then you gotta have a realistic plan for achieving the resolution. It's gotta be realistic. Can't be pie in the sky. It's gotta be something you know you can do through steps A, B, C, D get there. You know, when I played football many years ago, I always wanted to be able to run a 4-5-40. That means four minutes and five seconds, 40-yard dash kind of thing, right? 4.5 4. 4. seconds. 4.5 seconds. Is that what I said? Thank you. Four point, I wanted to run a 4-5-40. That was a big deal back then. Man, if you can run a 4-5-40, you might even be able to get a scholarship. And I did. You know, they're going to come and one of the first things they ask is, what's your 40 times, son? And I was able to finally say I had a 4-5-40, but it didn't start with 4-5. It started with 5-1, and then 4-9, and then 4-8.5, and then 4-7, and then 4-6. And eventually, after lots and lots of practice, I got to 4-5. I got a 4-5. I had a 4-5-40. Man, I used to be proud to go around telling people, I... That was my goal. I wanted to have a 4540 and I got my 4540. And after I got my 4540, I had people come and tell my football coach they wanted to meet me. I want to meet that Sanchez kid. I heard he runs a 4540. And I got a scholarship. My parents too poor. To, my parents as you know, I grew up in a barrio. My parents were too poor to put me in school, put me through school. I couldn't go to college unless I had a scholarship. Maybe community college. But I ended up at the University of Minnesota. I ended up on CNN. I ended up on CBS. I did all of those things in my life. And maybe it started because I had a 4540. All right, let's talk about resolutions and let's talk about goals. And let's talk about how we can all learn on this day together. I'm so glad that you're there. And I'm so glad that Dr. Darcy's here. Let me tell you about Dr. Darcy Starling. This is really cool because she's a PhD. She's a licensed clinical social worker. 
but she's also a star of a television call show called uh, Famously Single. It's on the E! Network. You've probably seen her. Uh, she essentially hosts the show and explains to us what are the best ways that we can create the skill sets, the coping me mechanisms, the, 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 the achievables in our lives to change us, make us better, grow, etc. So when I said she is the perfect freaking guest for this conversation, I wasn't kidding. And she's good enough to join us now to talk talk to us a little bit about uh, about uh, about this subject, which is really important and certainly very timely. Darcy, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Rick. You look fantastic. You look you're ready. You look like you're you're on TV right now. I, I am. Here we are. <laughs> what was that experience like doing famously single? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I loved every second of doing that because. You know, I'm so passionate about teaching tools to help people improve their mental health, their the quality of their lives, and the quality of their relationships. And, I, you know, the time being what it is, I am limited in the scope of the amount of people I can reach in an eight-hour, 12-hour, whatever, yeah. no matter how neurotic I am about how many hours I work a day, I'm limited in how many people I can reach. So the idea that I could, that I could bring relationship skills and dating skills and people skills to people who would otherwise not have access to that really that that gives me life and that i i loved every second of it i loved using the celebrities that i worked with as examples because they were brave enough courageous enough and good enough to participate in that and let me use them as my science almost as like my science experiment to teach the masses, this relates to you as well. It's not just about them. It's about, it's really about you. And so yeah. I loved it. I yeah, really no, did. And in fact, we've got a clip. We're going to play it right here so you can get a sense of what she's talking about. Uh, the show again is called Famously Single on the E! Network. And here it is. I'm Dr. Darcy, and this is my dating tip of the week. Bring some energy. We're all attracted to high energy, happy, optimistic people. You know what? It's a party. It's a party. Listen to a playlist of amazing songs on your way to the date to put you in the right mindset. Be on time. It shows your date that you care enough to make sure that you're punctual, and it speaks volumes about who you are as a person. The key to having an amazing date is to have a relaxed conversation. Granny, I don't hold back on our dates. Even if there's zero chemistry, at least you both have a great time. You know what, I, as I watch that, and as I listen to others that I've heard before, Darcy, the you know, obviously E-Network tries to be very commercial and they're trying to get a broad audience. So in the process of being commercial, sometimes you look at it and you think, well, it's kind of silly, but you seem to be able to have the ability to bring it home. Yeah. Some of these people are acting out and they're being a little silly. And because we've come to know that that's what reality shows often do, you seem to be the centerpiece that makes it matter to people. And you explain them uh, what they could have done differently or what they could have done better or what they did that was correct. And I think that's very valuable, especially on a television show that's meant for, as you said, the masses. You know what, what I, what I said to each person that I worked with was reality television is actually this amazing opportunity for you, the cast members to get a glimpse into how you present that the rest of us don't get. We don't live in a house that's televised. 
We don't live in a place where there's a camera following us, thank God, 24-7. But the flip side to that is we don't get to see ourselves in reality. And they do. If you can take that opportunity to see how you present to the world and decide, does this serve me? Is this how I want to be? Is this how I want other people to feel hmm. about me? It's 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 um it's amazing for transformation if you can look at it that way and not look at it defensively with your ego. Well, that's funny you should say that because I think one of the most important qualities that we can have is to have a sense of perspective about ourselves. And it does seem, doesn't it, that most of us, now, you know, look, you're a clinical social worker, you work with people all the time. I think most of us during our lives, more often than not, don't see ourselves correctly. Almost Absolutely. like the glasses we're wearing to see ourselves are either fogged up or something. And why is that? You know, we see ourselves as we hope we're presenting, not as we actually are. Huh. And, and, and again, I, I mean, because we can't both be the person, we can't both be looking at the tree in the forest at the same time, hmm. as you said. We, we can't see the bigger scope. We can only see it through the first person. That's why therapy is so important. If you can find a therapist who actually will express an opinion and hold a mirror up to you, which, you know, traditionally speaking, therapists, we're not trained to do that. We're not trained to call people out. We're trained in a, in a process of very long form, expensive, time consuming process where the client shows up, talks about anything that they want, and we reflect back what we hear them say. And we are hoping in the process of reflecting back that we will have somewhat of a similar impact on them as hmm. if they were able to see themselves on uh, go to the video, go yeah. to the videotape. Interesting and you should say video. Interesting I'm you sorry. should say Interesting you should say videotape because you make me think of something right now, which has to do with the biggest resolution for all Americans every single year, and it's weight. The number one resolution, mm -hmm. especially for women, is I am going to lose so many pounds. And part of the reason for that is, harking back to what you were just speaking of, most women in America, metrically speaking, see themselves as overweight even when they are not. They seem to have, all Americans, by the way, male or female, but more women seem to have a weight hang-up, and then it manifests itself every new year by them saying they're going to have a New Year's resolution uh, to uh, lose the weight. What are they doing wrong? Weight loss is, so I have a very dear friend who is very successful in the weight loss arena. Mm. which is a losing arena as everyone knows but not in the not in the sense that like the people lose the weight it's it's a losing proposition as business well i mean i guess it depends if you're a scientist and actually care about the results it's a losing proposition because people suck at losing weight um and i can tell you why in just a few minutes but i've spoken to her so she happens she's a scientist and and she happens to have one of the only 
long-term sustainable weight loss programs that there is. Oh my God. I feel and, like I need a drum roll. And, I, and I asked her years ago, I said to her, I was like, what are your program aside? What are the ba- best weight loss programs? And she said, Darcy, they all work if you work them. And the problem is consistency mm. is that people do not want to make long-term changes to get the long-term results that they want. We're more inclined to sprint. We're more inclined to make um, short-term hardcore changes that don't represent the lifestyle that we're going to then want to, because we're not going to want to go all summer long. Let's just say we lost the 25 pounds, the the 30 pounds, whatever it is people want to lose. We're not going to want to bypass Memorial Day and Labor Day and, and, and every occasion where there's good food, yeah. where there's food for you that is not on your normal, you know, you boil the chicken, you you poach the salmon. Nobody wants to live like that. So all diets work, but they fail when people try to then incorporate a, an unsustainable lifestyle into something that they can live with. And that that's the that's that's the reality. So is Did it about discipline? So I imagine your friend would tell you then it's about two things discipline when you're exposed to those things, which are your poison per se, and B, avoiding the situations where you're going to be surrounded by your poison, right? Well, that's so interesting that you say that, Rick, because the truth of the matter is, is that people who achieve their goals do not have more discipline Hmm. than other people. They set their lives up so that they don't have to use the discipline as often, the self-control as often. So if you look at anybody who is in like a right-sized body and is fit and is athletic, open their refrigerator. There's not shit in their refrigerator. There's there's everything in their refrigerator is set up, sets them up for success. Mm. They more often than not have appointments with personal trainers. Why? Not because they don't know how to work out. Everybody knows how to work out by now. It's because they know they won't. Right. I mean, the entire gym industry is built on this business, on this business platform where they over-enroll people in January and February, knowing that 70 or something percent of them are going to fall off. And then they're going to not, they're going to have plenty of room for the 30% that continue to uh, show up every day and work out. So people who achieve their goals, set their self, set themselves up and their lives up so that they don't have to employ discipline and self-control. It's not about self-control and discipline. It's about setting your life up so that you don't have, because there is a finite amount of that in everyone throughout the day. We only have a certain amount of discipline, believe mm. it or not. This has been, you know, I, I, I'm not prepared to speak to the stats on that right now, but this has been, we have researched this as scientists and we have confirmed that people have a finite amount. So you have to pick and choose how you're going to employ that. And, and if you want to have long-term success as a healthy, right-sized um, athletic being, you have to make sure that the foods in your house really reflect that. And you have to make sure that you have accountability built in so that you move more than normal people. That sounds so correct. So (laughs) correct. And it is so true, not just with weight, 
but with just about everything else. If you want to be a successful businesswoman or business person, and you have a habit of wanting to sit on the couch and watch TV while eating popcorn starting from 7 a.m. all the way through prime time till 10 p.m., guess what? You are not going to be a successful businesswoman or businessman because you are not learning new skills. You're allowing somebody else to tap into your brain and consume you for those three or four hours. So it's about creating the right conditions so you're in the right place to be able to manifest change in your life. And it's one of the reasons why on by you, why being an entrepreneur self-employed is being is so difficult for people because they don't have a boss, they don't have the accountability. The, the majority of businesses that fail fail because there's an absence of structure and systems in place. It's not because there's not talent behind it. It's because people aren't taught, we're taught to follow instructions from the time we start school. We're not taught to be entrepreneurs. We're not taught to think. Most of us aren't taught to think critically. Most of us are, are rewarded for being quiet and obedient and following instructions. Think and about what that you, is the antithesis of what you need if you want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And think about what you just said. It is so important what you just said, because we have spoken a lot, me and you, uh, about how important it is to know that you are as good as anybody else out there. You have to have that principle first and foremost in your head that says, I am as good as anyone else. I may be lacking some skills, but I can learn those. I can fill those in, but I am as good. In other words, that person that I just described who sits on the couch for three hours every night eating popcorn or cold pizza is no worse than the CEO who is killing it right now on us on a, leading a company that Wall Street has fallen in love with. It's that person has the same. The only difference is one of them is practicing leadership as a CEO, and the other one is sitting on the couch. That's the difference, and that's what you just said. And that's so important for us to realize, for all of us to to understand, right? And the thing is, people get caught up with um, the roadblocks. They say. You know, I work with people every day and I know that the I know the belief systems that get in the way of people reaching their goals. And so I can imagine that listeners will hear this and and be like, well, I don't have the money for a personal trainer three times a week. Um, I don't have the Hmm. money. I don't have a mentor. Right. So then you have a workout buddy or an accountability partner. I wrote an entire 90,000 word book years ago starting with one hour a week with a writing partner. We would write every week for an hour together. And that gave me enough momentum that I would work outside of that one hour commitment. And, you know, over the course of a few years, I had 90,000 words written. You hmm. know, it wasn't anything worth publishing. But the point of the matter is, <laughs> I, I did complete that goal. And it starts with people People think that achieving things are too difficult and they don't simplify them enough and concretize them. <clears throat> As you said at the top, they don't think concretely enough. Mm-hmm. The specificity with which, so take a goal and then ask yourself. So by the summer, I want 20 pounds off my tush. What needs to happen between now and then to get there? Mm-hmm. Well, 
I need to eat different food and probably less food or maybe more frequently and different food and I need to move more. So what can I put in place to ensure that I do that? Because you're not going to. You're mm -hmm. not going to organically do it. None of us do. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't want to work out. I don't want to work out at all. I literally... <laughs> Didn't know we were going to be talking about this today, but I have a, uh, I have a dry erase board over my shoulder here. Um, and I literally wrote down yesterday, yesterday I felt like working out. I can't even imagine anything I wanted to do less. I did the Christmas holiday the day before with no running water in my kitchen. <laughs> so I was washing dishes and preparing the meal as I was hosting in a, in a shower on my hands and knees. You cry me a river, but like, you know, lucky to have family and friends that wanted to join me for the for the holiday holiday. But suffice it to say that what should have taken eight hours took 16 on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, not only didn't I want to go to I kind of wanted to go to work. I did not want to work out at the end of the day. But I worked out and at the end of it, I felt so dramatically different that I made this little thing on my on my dry erase board. And what I did was I ranked how deeply I didn't want to work out before I worked out on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the, the most motivated I could be, zero being the least, and how I felt afterwards using that same scale. Yeah. 10 is the best I felt. And I wanted to do it at a two and I finished feeling a six. And I'm going to, and I wanted to write it down so that on Wednesday, when again, I'm not going to want to work out because I know myself, I can look at this. I mean, I'm not going to cancel on my trainer because she's amazing and I love her and I would just never do that to a service provider. And knowing that I have that tendency that I'll never cancel. If I have an appointment with you, I'm going to show up whether I'm paying you or not. Mm -hmm. I will never not show up. I follow my calendar. It's the only rule in my life I follow. Yeah. But it will help me to see how much better I felt by the end of the workout. So we have to come up with these personal apps. We have to get to know ourselves well enough so that we can create workarounds to our propensities. It's not about changing who you are on the inside. That takes too long. Nobody's got the time for that. Yeah. You can start making behavioral changes. It will change who you are on the inside. Yeah. Change your if plan. You reflect, right. If you can reflect on huh, why is this suddenly working for me? And drill down on that the way we do when things fail. That's Somebody. brilliant. Brilliant. And you know what? In many ways, I think most of us who have had some success in business, as I have and as you have, doesn't mean we're better than anybody, but we understand business principles. The same business principles that apply to a CEO, using that example again, where he or she has to measure at the end of the day, what they achieved. 
and they have to be at that board meeting and they have to have that earnings report ready and they have to have that important discussion with their uh, chief marketing officer or their CFO. All of those things are wound and scheduled in their day so that they can go through the day successfully getting to the end where they make more money for their company. Those things are their guidelines. What you're saying is you have to create those things for yourself by creating the the, the schedule of a CEO in your own private life. And therefore, you will succeed just as a CEO can succeed. That's brilliant. That's exactly right. In fact, you know, um, mental health, people consider it, it is considered a soft science. You can strengthen that science by measuring every goal that you have. Hmm. And and you can do it even subjectively, like the way I measured my motivation to work out and then how good I felt after I worked out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not an objective evidence-based measurement tool. That's not something that I didn't go online and find a five-point Likert scale. I created a ridiculous thing myself, but it worked, or I think it'll work. I'll let you know on Wednesday. You know, the point of the matter is there was such a discrepancy between how badly I didn't want to work out and how great I felt afterwards that I was like, how am I going to remember this? So the next time I don't want to work out, I can use this as fuel. And every goal can be measured, even if you just ask yourself, huh, how do I feel like I'm taking care of myself these days? If I just think about sleep, meal planning, exercise, and downtime. How do I feel like I'm doing zero to 10? 10 is the best I've ever done in my life. Zero is the worst I can imagine ever. I'm flatlined. I'm doing nothing. Hmm. Rate yourself and then make some changes using those four elements or whichever variables you're going to use to determine what self-care, taking care of yourself consists of, Hmm. and then check it again next week. Do it once a week at the same scale. And you've just taken something that's soft, that's subjective, and you've turned it into something that can be scientific. That's, you know, um, we're talking to Dr. Darcy. She says, call me Darcy, but she is a doctor, PhD. She is famous because you've seen her on television on a show on uh, E-Network called Famously Single. And she's not just smart, she's really good and passionate. And you can hear it in her voice. And she's helping you and me get a better understanding of how we can plan better. Because this whole thing, as I said earlier, resolution, a resolution is a plan. A resolution is a goal. And goals work if we work them. They work. You can't just pie in the sky and say, I'm going to do this. It ain't going to happen, folks. So In business, there's a principle that I always use, and it's funny because as I've been listening to Darcy speak, she's almost been hitting every one of these. It's called SMART. And just write that word down if it helps you later on remember it. SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And it stands for the goal has to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant to you, not to somebody else. And time-bound, so smart, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. If you get all of those things in there, you'll be more apt to achieve the goal. And uh, Darce, specific, 
You talked about it. Measurable. You just talked about it. I imagine achievable. That's got to be important, right? You know what? I that that might be the place that we. Uh, I I don't. I think I I'm so ridiculously optimistic. I think most things are achievable. Good I really you. do, and I'm a, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that. But I, because I've had therapists say to me, listen, you can't, everything is not possible. You can't become an astronaut. And I thought to myself, I, I don't know that you can say that. I, you, don't, you don't know what I'm capable of, and I don't know what I'm capable of. So who are you to tell me what's reasonable? Mm. And so if somebody, no matter what my client wants, I might pare it down so mm. that they feel successful earlier on, but I'm not going to tell somebody something's not achievable. I don't, who the hell am I? I'm not an Oracle. I'm not God. I'm just a girl from New York. But, but would you, but, but would you argue that there are to spare yourself the heartbreak and disappointment, you should not have someone in a wheelchair say that they want to dunk a basketball and you would agree with it. Can you imagine somebody in a wheelchair being, can you imagine anyone being more aware of their limitations than the person who's sitting in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to tell that person that they're not going to sprint, but if they're only in a wheelchair and they work from the waist up, there's the Paralympics. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I guess, okay. I guess I don't <laughs> see it that, that concretely here. I, my brain does this little gym, mental gymnastics, I think. And I find a way to turn my client's goal into something reasonable. And I probably do it unconsciously and don't even realize it. So you're probably right. All let's right, let's go, go to relevant you. then. Your goal should be relevant. Your resolution should be relevant. In other words, that it matters to you that you're making it for the right reasons and you're not doing it out of a sense of self-hate or, remote or, or, or remorse or anything else. It's, it's really, truly relevant to you. Make sense? So I use the R differently. I call it reasons. When my clients identify a new goal, the first thing I have them do is come up with 20 compelling reasons that they must reach that goal right now. Why mm. not in six months? Why does it have to happen now? Make me a list. If you, if you need me to spoon feed you the answers, give me 10 reasons uh, of what you're like. 10 examples of how your life is being harmed by not reaching that goal and 10 examples of what your life looks like after you've re reached that goal will work both with pain and pleasure. I want those reasons so detailed that and so compelling that they could persuade a jury. I want them to imagine they're going into court and they have to persuade a jury why they must reach their goal now. And the reason I go through that very laborious exercise is because the tasks that you need to do become very mundane to reach a goal very quickly. Like after mm. week two, they start becoming very mundane. And after a minute, you can't even remember why you wanted this mm -hmm. stupid goal. And those reasons become your fuel source and you reflect back on them. So because I didn't come up with those 20 compelling reasons, I didn't follow my own advice. Um, I had to come up with my own measurement thing yesterday to remind myself that you feel better in the moment after you finish working out. Hmm. And that carries you through for hours. So if, if you want to become an entrepreneur, list out all the ways in which working for someone else or being a gig worker is 
miserable for you. Make it as dark and detailed as possible. And then paint me a picture of what life looks like on the other side. Hmm. Once, once you're an entrepreneur, what, how does that free you up? What does that freedom feel like? What are you able to use your time for now that you couldn't before? How does that enhance your relationships, your health, wow. your happiness? Your you know, goal, and your then- goal, your, listen, listen to what you're saying, and it's wonderful. Your goal, your plan, your resolution, call it what you will, is only as good as your reason for wanting to accomplish it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reasons that, so I call, um, what was the, what's the original re, uh, definition of the R in SMART? Relevant. relevant. It's the goal has to be relevant. Yeah. I, I just changed that a little bit and I'm like the think about your reasons. Nice. Come up with your Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Boy, you are just I can see why. I mean, uh professionals, high achieving individuals uh come to you and you sit with them and they're already successful. But maybe mm-hmm. not in this area, or maybe they need to define, or maybe they need to focus, or maybe they just need to manifest something that they're not able to do. And you are able to help them do that. And I I can see the way your brain works, that you would be a wonderful person to help people who are having these conversations with themselves. You're a good talk. Thank talker. you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I could, I could hear it. And then the last one that on, on my little list that I kind of prepared going into this thinking about what has worked for me in the past is only because it starts with a T time bound for smart time bound, meaning, you know, like achievable, a timeline toward reaching your goal so that it becomes, well, realistic. You know, it's not like at some point in the future or it's not tomorrow. It's a realistic time bound sense of what your goal can be or your resolution can be. Without a deadline, it's a dream. Hmm. It's that simple. Um, if there's not a date by when you're going to evaluate it, it's just a wish or a dream. The timeline allows you. So let's say you want to lose 20 pounds. Yep. Can we pick a different example, though? Let's say you want to make $100,000 in your in your side gig this mm-hmm. year. So decide that. So then break that down. What do you have to do? In order to do that, what pieces do you have to put in place? Each of those pieces is time bound. Break it up so that there's a date by when you evaluate your success. Hmm. So that it's not just by the end of the year, I'm going to evaluate this for the first time. You have to break it down into smaller pieces. And that's why people sometimes need a mentor or a coach or a therapist who knows how to do that. Because this sounds simple, but goal formulation is one of the most difficult things for new therapists to do, even older, even seasoned therapists. It's not easy. It's real. I've tried to teach it so many times. It's very, very difficult. Client wants to feel better. Okay. What does feel better mean? What do they want to get rid of or get more of? And I have to tease that out of the therapist that I'm supervising. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's because again, going back to the beginning, I'm trying to get concrete and specific. What does it mean to feel better? What do you tell people? And by the way, that makes a lot of sense. Compartmentalization of a time-bound goal is important because, as I said earlier, when I was a young man, uh, I wanted to run a 4.540. That's 40 yards and four seconds and five tenths of a second. 
for those of you who think, what, what is he talking gibberish about? And and I needed to first set the goal for for four nine and then four eight and then four seven and then four six and then five. Just like if you want to lose a hundred pounds, you've got to set the goal for the first ten and then the, the first twenty and the first thirty and the first. So it, it makes all the sense in the world, and you have to be very specific about it. But I, I imagine, and I have to ask you this because you do seem like you're very knowledgeable and very comforting. How do you get? people to pick up the phone and call someone like you without feeling, hmm, what's the word? Diminished. Without feeling like the only reason I'm going to you is because I am can't figure it out. And that makes me somehow diminished in that capacity. How do you get people over that hurdle? Because I guarantee you that there's a guy or a gal listening to us right now who's thinking just that. I'd love to find my Darcy and have these conversations to help me get better and grow. None of us are independent. We are all interdependent. And our tribe of support people, the people that make up our orbit, are everything to us. None of us can do it alone. I didn't do anything alone. Mm -hmm. Every step of my life, including a lot of the mistakes, I had someone in front of me pulling me up the ladder. And when I fell, I had someone behind me dusting me off, telling me, get back up. We all need support. And I... I don't know how to say it except that our friends and family didn't incur the student loan debt that I did <laughs> to learn the science behind this stuff so that I can teach it in a way that will make sense no matter how you think. This is not about personal responsibility, like being thriving in every or any area of your life is not about personal responsibility. It, it's it's about finding the right people and, and plugging into those people. I specialize in working with women who are killing it in their careers. And I teach them the relationship skills that they need so that they can be as effective in love as they are in life. Really? And that that's my specialty. I teach relationship skills to people. I bet and you, I bet you women are easier in that realm than men are. I, I would well, bet men to a certain extent because men, because we raise men and socialize men to to value business over um an achievement over relationships. Yeah. Women are socialized and raised in the Western part of the world to we're only as successful as our relationships are. Hmm. And so there's less of there's less of a hurdle to get over with women. But a third of my clients are men and straight men, you know, uh, just, you know, disclaimer, I am a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And but I mean, three quarters of my practice are straight people. It doesn't matter. They, they come to me because I know how to teach skills, how I know hmm. how to distill problems into actionable concepts and create strategy around it. I'm not going to be happy until everything on my desk falls and spills all over me. Um, <laughs> that was the second close call I've had today. I'm now moving everything away from me. But by the way, um, I hear great things about your wife, Stephanie, but going back to the man thing, I'll tell you what my experience is as a man. Uh, please do. We, we, we are trained to think that we are not allowed to be vulnerable, that we have to be in charge, that our kids, our wives, our families, everybody, our employees all depend on us. 
And we take that inside and it's all bound up and we're so afraid to go and say, oh my God, I can't handle this shit. Can somebody please help me get some of this off my chest? Because I really want to and need to. But if I do, they're going to think, look at that wuss. Listen, what we do to men is criminal in this, in this country and in this society that we're a part of. At the end of the day, you will evaluate the quality of your life by the quality of your relationships. How well did you love and how well were you loved? That is the only thing you're going to be thinking about on your deathbed. In order to have quality in your relationships, the very thing that we train men out of is the thing that we have to train them into. Because there is no good relationship without connection. And connection happens through vulnerability. You, you know, at the top of this discussion talked about the mistakes that you've made and how you've learned from them and that you're here to teach people so that they don't have to go through all of the mistakes that you've gone through. Mm -hmm. I often say the same, but that's the point of the matter is, is that that's incredibly vulnerable of you. And you probably have quality relationships because you're able to be a human being who can acknowledge that he has misstepped and stumbled and learned from those hopefully learn from those experiences. Mm -hmm. All of us come out of childhood with belief systems that don't serve us. I do think men have more of them than women by and large. Yep. And I love working with men for that reason. I have such empathy. And, and when, when I have clients, particularly women who have young boys, I do such, I, it is so important to me that I teach them to raise their sons similarly to the way they raise their daughters. And so that when their sons, little boys trip and fall and cry, we don't shame them out of that. We don't say, oh, you know, pat them on the head and say, you're okay, buddy. And, and their sister pick up and coddle. No, you pick up the son and you hold him and you don't, you don't tell him that crying is no good. You let him cry because crying is a physiological response to pain. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I I just, I, I agree with you that we men have a greater, they have greater friction to receiving help and that that's awful. And that's, that's terrible. That's fascinating. But the men I work with, the men I work with, mm -hmm. the investment in themselves pays off. I mean, it's one of the most, I, I think it's the most important investment that, that you can make. We, we don't even hesitate to take tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans out to go to school to get certain degrees. And yet we would never even, we think that if we don't have the cash in hand, can't see the therapist that we want or that hmm. we need or that we deserve. Gosh, well said. By the way, if they do happen to want a therapist and they think maybe you would be a good place to start, is there a, a place where people can reach you? Is there a, uh, a contact for you? Yeah, sure. Uh, my website is Ask Dr. Darcy. That's A S K D R D A R D R. Yeah, D R D A R C Y dot com. Um, <laughs> didn't teach me how to spell in that PhD program. <laughs> we have a podcast coming out, and one of the things that I talk about is if you have an uh, an issue with communicating 
if, whether it's spelling or grammar or anything, go and get a book and read it. By golly, you can assist yourself in all of these things in life. And that's one of the messages that's out there, too. You are a delight. You really are. I just enjoy so much uh, talking to you. And I guarantee you there have been a bevy of people out there who've been helped by what they've heard you talk about during this podcast. So thanks so much for being so good with your time. We really enjoyed the conversation and enjoyed talking to you. And hopefully we'll be talking again. This is worth revisiting, I think. Thank you. I would love that. Thanks for having me. Dr. Darcy Sterling, uh, PhD, by the way. And uh, she looks too young to have a PhD, which I guess is a compliment, right? That's nice. Thanks so much again, Darcy. That's really nice to have you on. This is The Rick Sanchez Show. You know where you can find us, right? We're uh, ubiquitous. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to aguamedia.com. We'll be looking for you again. And as I always like to close, dale, andale, y vamos con todo. Agua. 